Hi, guys. Welcome back to my show, My Steps to Sobriety, with me, your host, Stefan Neff. And today is another fantastic day to have an interview. I'm privileged and honored to have Kate Kunkel here with me. And Kate is in South America and has developed a specialty that is so needed out there because she is a dementia prevention specialist. And in her role of that, she is with me tonight. And I'm so pleased that we can talk a bit about the impact of alcohol on brain, about dementia, and about what we all can do to make this life better. And in this case, equals to push the waiting time bump of dementia a little bit further out, what we can do to make our lives a bit more dementia-proof, however little chance we have if we just live long enough. Unfortunately, um, a degree of that will set in, but there are a lot of things we can do. So, Kate, I'm so pleased that you're on my show. Welcome. Thank you very much, Stefan. I'm delighted to be here. And I, I want to address what you said that um, about pushing back the time of developing dementia. Um, many people believe, and certainly the common wisdom is, that it's sort of inevitable. And statistically, by the time we are 85, we have a 50% chance of developing it, the way things sit now. Um, what hasn't been addressed in many instances is the fact that we can, by about 60%, reduce the chances of developing dementia with lifestyle changes. It's a huge, huge thing. In fact, some researchers are saying it could be up to 80% by taking these lifestyle changes. And like you said, reducing consumption of alcohol is a huge part of that. So true, so true. Oh, that's very good figures there. I had an inkling that this is the 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 fact, but I didn't know the actually the exact figures. And that's yeah. that's so beautiful to have you on the show. I cannot imagine that a, a little while ago, a few months ago, when you were about ten, when you went to your mummy and said, "Look, mummy, I figured it out." I want to become a dementia prevention warrior. I will go out there and make the life of people better. Yeah. I, somehow, that, 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 it's probably unlikely that that had occurred. So, yeah, what, that didn't happen. <laughs> when, you were, when you were younger, uh, what, what did you get up to? What was your profession? Well, when I was when I was a girl, I wanted to be a nurse. That was my thing. I, I my grandfather died of cancer when I was just ten, and I really wanted to be a nurse. Um, things just didn't turn out that way. I ended up going into the legal field, and then um, I became a writer. I've had many many different hats in my life, but all of them have been geared toward healing, the healing arts. Um, the first book, I, the first article I ever wrote um, for Let's Live magazine, which was a, a magazine in Canada back in the day, 1984 this would have been, I wrote an article about the dangers of hormone pills, of, of estrogen um, birth control pills mm -hmm. for women. So I've always been in that direction, but it's taken many different forms. So whether it's been you know, I was in the personal injury field when I was in the law business. And then I, I was, um, you know, when I was writing, I was writing about alternative health. My television show dealt with that a lot. My work as a harpist, while I was also an entertainer, I also did healing work with the harp. So I guess it's always been that way. And, and I, I just sort of morphed into this 10 years ago when my mom was diagnosed with dementia. And then I took that research hat and put it firmly on and figured, you know, I have to figure out why this is happening and how I can fix it. Of course, I want to fix everything. That's my thing. I got to fix things. Well, unfortunately for my mom, because she also had cancer for the fifth time, um, it was just, it was too complicated it, and it was too late. We found out too late. We figured it out too late. 
So I couldn't fix her, but I sure became determined to make sure it never happened to me or my sister or anybody I loved. And then it started expanding. You know, there, there, there's so much pain and suffering there because of this. And that part of me just says, you got to do what you got to do to try and help people. Wow. Wow. And it just shows that, that this is how life plays out. We just can't predict. I always thought I'm going to be X. So I knew I was a doctor. And then I defined myself as a pain specialist. And that was my firm belief. And it was completely concreted and it never will change, etc., etc. And then life intervened. And at one stage, I had to retire from that field because it was eating me up for many reasons. It destroyed me. So suddenly things changed. And it was only at that time that I had to realize, actually, you don't have to be that one person. Mm. It's beautiful if that person fulfills you and allows you to have a most fantastic life, great. If the situation changes and life demands different dues, if life asks you to be different, then the best thing you can assess, adapt, overcome, change. And obviously you have done that multiple times and have, however, kept your moral compass and your your compass of of the health warrior always in sight so wow kudos to you uh, <laughs> thanks <laughs> it doesn't you know i honestly have to say it doesn't always feel like i kept my compass <laughs> you know i didn't wasn't always because you know you get you get sidetracked and and things happen and, and you know in my case i i i veered into um the entertainment field, and that was like a 10-year um, sojourn off my track. However, it did help me learn things. Mm -hmm. You know, it gave me it gave me skills that I needed now. It gave me skills that I needed when I was doing my healing work. So it all worked out, but sometimes you feel like you're lost. As long as, you know, you just do, but, but that's okay, yeah? Oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> Um, you would have worked in scenarios and situations where it is hard to do the prevention work that you want to do. So going back, for example, into your uh, history, the 10 years in entertainment, that notoriously is a very wet environment. Mm -hmm. That is a stressful environment and stress to a degree where it can be, become distress. So uh, uh, how did that go? What was your experience there? Um, I, I, I honestly have to say I felt a little bit, um, I hate to use the word soulless, but you know, I was, I was, I worked in the legal side of the entertainment industry for four years. And then I moved into the post-production production field and in the legal field I mean the legal field is bad enough anyway I'm being honest I was in it a long time it's bad enough but when you add that much money into the mix you add power into the mix it's very uncomfortable and that's one of the reasons I actually took the choice to go into post-production because then I wasn't in that so much yeah. I, I built my own little post-production company but it was all about the money it was all about the image mm -hmm. and I'm just not like that I really am not like that and it, it was really hard for me and even when I went to Las Vegas and I worked as a harpist um, there it's you know i like we used to say we were we were a little ray of light in a neon darkness because it's it's like that too so yeah all that time in the entertainment the, especially the movie industry movie and television is very difficult as you probably know and and that can lead you to to make bad choices whether it's eating or drinking or how much sleep you get all of those things get messed up when you're in that kind of an environment and unless you're really really famous and rich and you can decide who's going to be around you 
and how you're going to deal with those people to make it you kind of have to deal with stuff that you might that might suck your soul and so that can cause all kinds of things we saw lots of cocaine addiction lots of alcoholism lots of all kinds of you know issues divorces every time you turned around and it was it was just difficult but the fact that i was able to maintain i, I stayed married for 25 years and i was able to to go through all of those businesses and main, maintain that so um yeah it just took some determination and and soul searching and that's so important isn't it because being sidetracked getting sidetracked is so easy and mm -hmm. unless you start to live with intention unless you put emphasis on the present it is so difficult to keep your head straight because if you're constantly in the future and you worry and and the worry then leads to self-medication with alcohol or whatever else, oh, that's not great. And we all have fucked up. We all have stuffed up our past. Come on, we all have got moments that make us cringe. Or if you live <laughs> too much in them, then that yeah. doesn't get you anywhere. So unless you start really living right now and enjoying that second for what it is, however beautiful or challenging or whatever it is, it is. Uh, that is that is where I think the the <laughs> the future lies, so to speak. And that's that's I you know when I'm so happy our conversation is going this direction. You've brought it around so beautifully because being mindful, being present. That's a huge deal for your brain health. It's a huge deal for recovery. It's a huge deal for many things to be in that moment and to be mindfully aware and to stop with the judgment. You know, we don't need to judge ourselves. We don't need to judge others. We don't need to judge the situation. We can just be in that moment. I just honestly, just before we started this, I was doing, I was writing the chapter about mindfulness for the book because I, I think it's such an important part of brain health. It's important for our spirit, but but our brain and our it doesn't stop here, right? It, the spirit and the brain and the mind and the and the body are all connected. So that mindfulness is so incredibly important to stay in the moment, to to take joy. My grandmother always used to say, my my oma, she said, take joy, Katie, take joy, take joy. And no matter what happened, and she had a heck of a life, no matter what happened, it was about the joy. Beautiful. And it's quite interesting because you would have, uh, you, you alluded to it already, uh, a German grandmother uh, who would have had a, uh, a very challenging history through World War One, World War Two, and then leaving Europe to come to South America. There are some stories hidden there, and uh, as a as a different hat, as a as a historical researcher and novel writer, I want to talk to you. We <laughs> 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 leave that for another interview. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got it. <laughs> now, yeah. when you look at at the work that you're doing with people, obviously your mum was the catalyst. She was the the case that was so close to you that pushed you so much into into a place out there so far out of your comfort zone that you just simply <laughs> had to act that you had to move forward and put your your vision onto dementia yeah. of all the people that you're that you're sort of working with now you would have had quite a bit of a an insight if you were to ballpark it for our audience what are sort of the reasons that you see that you can nail down for people not being as strong in their their brain as they could be sure so the the biggest thing is diet um we the the standard american diet is what's killing people and that that unfortunately has spread around the world i just had a discussion with someone in hong kong about how obesity has 
just blossomed there, thanks in large part to the importation of the standard American diet. And we also have it here in South America. Before a few years, before 20 years ago, and the advent of Coca-Cola, diabetes was basically unheard of here. We are number 144 in the world here in Ecuador for dementia, but now that diabetes and obesity is on the rise, I imagine we will be climbing up those, those figures. Um, inflammation is a big reason for developing uh, dementia of all kinds, including Alzheimer's. Um, and inflammation comes from our diet generally. It also comes from toxins, but the main main feeder of it is is our diet and it affects our gut and the gut brain axis and so we have leaky gut we have leaky brain i would say if i were going to put one thing on it would be that but also a sedentary lifestyle if you are not getting your heart pumping if you are not moving then that is a huge huge uh problem and it can it can most definitely lead to but the good news is if you correct your diet and you get off your butt and get away from the couch and start moving, then you have a good chance of reversing some of the damage. And even if you have type 2 diabetes and you get that under control by cutting out the dairy, by cutting out the, the processed everything, we should all not eat anything processed, by the way, but by cutting all that stuff out, you can actually help reverse some of the effects and, and you know, like you said, push back that timeline as far as you possibly can. If you've already got the damage, it may be hard to undo the damage, but you can also stop it from getting worse. And that's the good news. And that's a fantastic news uh, for many people out there, especially when you talk about prevention. Regrettably, sometimes life has got other ideas and there will be people out there who suffer from dementia due to a number of other reasons so there could be uh, problems with the blood supply so if you have got multiple mini strokes due to reasons whatsoever that will knock your brain sideways and you might turn up with with signs and symptoms of dementia and that mm -hmm. can be certainly something because you have destroyed the brain that might not be as reversible as the impact of a bad diet. Uh, well, I'm going to I'm going to stop you there yeah. because actually you can help reverse some of those things because neuroplasticity is a real thing. Absolutely. Thank God, absolutely, it's a real thing. Absolutely. So, so even like my dad had a series of strokes. So we're working with him now. He's he's using. Um, uh, MCT oil, um, medium chain triglycerides in the form of coconut oil. He's doing lots of brain exercises. He's, he's practicing meditation. My father, my German father, whoever would have thought, but he's so <laughs> determined to get his driver's license back that he'll do anything. Uh, so it is, it, you, you may not be able to fix the damage, but you can help your brain figure out another way around things. You know, it's not just the cells, it's not just the neurons, it's how they interact with each other. So you can, you're, you, and even by, if you're right-handed and you always brush your teeth with the right hand, try brushing your teeth with the left hand. That creates a whole new set of things, like things are firing a whole different way. So you do stuff like that, activate the vagus nerve. I mean, there are so many things you can do, it will not necessarily repair that damage but you can make it go in a different direction you can make the signals have a workaround just like people can rewire things that are are we do that a lot here in ecuador <laughs> finding, <laughs> finding workarounds for something <laughs> so but our brains can do that amazingly because you you see even even um, people who've always been right-handed, they lose their right hand. They can you learn to use your left hand. We can do that. A human brain is freaking amazing. You are absolutely right. You're so right. I love to see your passion there. I just wanted to throw in a little bit of of, of uh, medical information and say, hey, whilst whilst the you're certainly 100% right with the lifestyle changes. And that's where we will lead to in, in a bit later in the interview. But I think there are, there are many other things that are out there that uh, can actually cause the initial 
insult. Take traumatic brain injury, take Mm -hmm. things like that. So whilst that is not strictly dementia, uh, it is a severe brain damage and and you're talking about, uh, yeah, that's right. But at the same token, the neuroplasticity is out there. I've had the, the pleasure of talking to Natalie Forstbauer uh, in a previous interview, and she was uh, the, a very uh, driven life coach. And then in 2003, she had a traumatic brain injury that completely pretty much destroyed her world as it was then. Fast forward 17 years, well, actually 15 years, she became a TEDx speaker. She became uh, a most beautiful life coach in a very different direction and the neuroplasticity that she demonstrated which proved all the doctors wrong that is beautiful absolutely beautiful and i i subtitled her talk why it is good when doctors are wrong and so and i think you have the same subtitle um it is for us doctors it is it's pretty clear if we cut the liver and destroy the liver well actually the liver can regenerate very mm-hmm. nicely beautiful yeah so that's the reason you do liver transplants uh because you take some of the liver and it just grows back to a certain degree mm-hmm. and as doctors i was taught the brain once it's damaged that's it boom uh, that was the 80s uh, not so long ago when i started medicine and then the field of pain medicine, there we saw very much the impact of neuroplasticity in a good way and in a bad way, because you can teach the spinal cord and the pain pathways a lot of new tricks if you know what to do, or vice versa, you can teach them bad tricks just as much as a, as a doggy can be led astray. And now talking to you and listening to people like Natalie it becomes blatantly obvious that what I was taught in the 80s is a heap of BS um, because people do improve tremendously against all odds and you just need the right helping hand, the right yeah. guidance. And that's where yeah. you come in, Kate. That's, that's yeah. where you live it, where you breathe it. It is... The, the prevention is the key thing. Now you were you were uh, uh, giving me all the good sound bites, the the, the gut brain axes. You're quite right, but some of my some of my viewers will not know what the hell oh. are you talking about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so give us okay. give us a, a short snippet if you if you may. Sure. So, I mean, if we think of our our system, the brain up here, the the belly down here, we have this line, this, well, nerve basically that connects top to bottom. And we also have the digestive tract that sends things back and forth, um, that sends things up and out. Whatever we put in the gut somehow affects this. There's, there's, um, the, the gut microbiome is essential for our good health. And that can be affected by so many things. I'm sure most people have heard about the microbiome by now in one way or another. It's become kind of a popular thing to talk about with probiotics and that sort of thing. But it's very true. We have to, we are mostly, our DNA, we only have, I think it's one-tenth of our DNA is ours. The other 90% is from the microbiome. So all those little critters in there have a lot to say about how we are. And so we have to look after them just as much as we look after um, everything else about us. And that comes, and, and if we look after them, then they're nice to us. They don't mess with our gut lining and they send the proper information to our brain. However, if we don't treat them good, they don't treat us good. And so then we, they send improper um, stuff to us, to our brain, because of I know that, and you can probably answer this better, Stefan, but I understand that the the belief in the past was that there was no way to get past the blood-brain barrier. Mm -hmm. But now they're discovering that some of this irritation, some of this inflammation particularly, can cause an opening. So not only do we have a, a leaky gut... We, all that crap, literally, that leaves the gut can actually tra- travel through and get into the brain. 
So we've got this opening now that we didn't even really know it could happen before. Mm -hmm. And now that's happening. So if you think about, I like to describe it to my clients as just think of something getting in and irritating your shoe. Like it's in your shoe. You can't get your shoe off. You've got this crap in your shoe and you can't get it off and it causes blisters or it causes, you know, mm -hmm. Um, rubbing on your feet and it's irritation and you scratch and you scratch and then it opens up and you get infection same thing in our brain it's the same to me that's how I try to describe it for people who have trouble understanding it we're opening up things spaces so the bad stuff can get in the brain and that's what causes and the, actually the Alzheimer's is one form of dementia. Many people don't understand that it's only one form. It's the most common form, but we have many other forms of dementia. And like you said about brain injury from vascular dementia, we have it from Lewy bodies. There are many other kinds, but in specifically the, the proteins, the plaques and tangles that everybody knows as Alzheimer's, mm -hmm. they are a reaction, our brain's defense mechanism. It's our immune system kicking in. So it's not the plaques and the tangles that are the, I mean, they cause problems, but they're not the initial problem. They're the reaction to our input. Mm -hmm. So if people understand that what we put in is what happens in here, it, it, everything, whether it's alcohol, whether it's sugar, sugar is just as bad, you know, whatever it is that you put in there, mm -hmm. it's going to have an effect on your brain and your brain's going to react. So I hope that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. And whilst you have... Uh, put it uh, reduced the, the medical information down to an understandable level. I think it is a very w great way how you explained it. It is exactly exactly what it is. Inflammation. I mean, if you burn yourself, and initially there will be the pain, etc. Well, within 24 hours, it's going to be all red around it, and it's going to be swollen and puffy and weird. And that's exactly what happens to the brain. That's what inflammation of the brain does. Inflammation means leakiness. And we do see that. We do see that we, you can, in some disease models or disease processes, we can actually directly observe it. If you take a dive injury, when a diver comes up too quickly to, to an emergency, you get mm -hmm. bubbles uh, materializing within the bloodstream. What these bubbles do is they go through the bloodstream to the brain and they strip the inside lining of the brain out, of the, of the blood vessels in the brain out. So, and you can see that. You can actually literally do that with, with animal experiments and, and watch that happen. And then what happens in the next 24 hours, it's everything gets leaky up there. The white cells going out, having a huge party in the, in, <laughs> in the brain itself. And you get all these, these symptoms from the bends, from decompression illness. Mm. So we have got that model where we see what happens when your blood vessels get stripped of the lining, when you get leaky. There it is. That's what happens. And that's what right. happens in the acute setting. Now, we do that very nicely. Thank you very much. On the quiet, on the sly, by eating crap. And unfortunately, I wrote about it in my book. You go into a supermarket and probably oh. 80% 80, 80 of what is in the supermarket should probably not be classified as food. Food. <laughs> yeah. So it's weird. Food like substances. All yeah, that's I right. Like substances. <laughs> but, but what does that make it? Food-like substance, FLS. Yeah. Doesn't ring. <laughs> that doesn't ring so well. <laughs> you need to come up with something better there, but you're right. Yeah, but it's, like it's, not, it's just not, I, I tell everybody, go only the perimeter of the grocery store. Exactly, exactly. I never go in the middle. I just don't go there. <laughs> it was very interesting, though, here in Ecuador, our produce section is right smack in the middle of the, the main store here, where we right. at least where I live. It's right in the middle. So you have to go through all the other stuff to get there. <laughs> oh, that's quite unusual. That's quite unusual. Normally yeah. it's always sort of yeah. on the outside, as you yeah. say. So yeah, very, guys, very stay on the outside. In the middle, that's where the sharks play. Okay. So no, yeah. no, 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 Boy, no. do they ever. <laughs> so so now that then but then you like you said about other things that can impact the brain. So we've got now, think of the person who's, who set themselves up totally for this. So bad diet, um, don't exercise, probably overweight because of the diet and, and lack of exercise, perhaps type 2 diabetes, also for the same reasons. 
but then they also have toxins because in the the crap food it's not that it just has no nutrients or no, no nothing that we can really use it also has glyphosate and perhaps genetically modified organisms and there are all these other things that are causing a toxin reaction in the body and that and toxins can also come from bad teeth if you don't look after your teeth they can come from from like um uh, makeup women especially and i wonder if that's part of the reason why women are twice as likely to get dementia as men um, that's a that's a kind of a scary statistic when you're a woman, um, but that also is anything that goes on our skin. You know that the skin is the biggest organ in the body, so anything that goes on it goes in. So that can affect our microbiome. It can cause inflammation, cause all kinds of problems. Excuse me. And the stuff we use when we're cleaning our homes, um, all of those things have a huge impact. And one mm -hmm. of the things that I've been like fanatical about since this whole COVID thing started. Here, they're spraying everybody with everything. They're trying to kill these bugs and they're just willy-nilly spraying everything. They spray the cars here. When you go from Canton to Canton, they're spraying the cars. I mean, like, give me a break. Somebody's uncle's got to deal with something. But anyway, all of these chemicals, all of these things have a huge impact on us. And, and all of those things connected with a bad diet and lack of sleep. Sleep is another big issue. You're just setting yourself up. You don't have a hope unless you start reversing them. And I always say to people, because I, I have a lot of younger friends, and they say, well, I'm too young. I don't have to worry about that now. Oh, wait a minute. You can never start too early. You can start too late, but you can never start too early. When is sort of the typical onset of problems? Have you, have you found that the onset is shifting? towards younger yeah. age. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I, I think there's a bunch of reasons for that. I think the EMF and the blue screens and too much uh, lack of true social interaction, because that's a huge component of a, a healthy brain. It's, you know, I love talking to you like this, but I talk to real people too. Mm -hmm. You know, I talk to people in my face, <laughs> you know, and, and I think that, that the the lack of true social um, connection. And a lot of people don't have the ability, younger people don't have the ability to really hold conversations because they're, 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 they, haven't been, they haven't had the chance. They're not practicing doing it. And that's an important part of the human condition. We need to do that. But the, yes, the, the statistics are showing that, and, and really the, the onset of mild cognitive decline, which is, precursor in many cases to dementia mm. can start as early as 50 and start as early as 45 but we're finding and i get i belong to this social media platform called uh quora and i'm getting and because i'm there as a dementia prevention specialist i'm getting kids 30 25 18 writing to me asking what's going on i can't remember and i'm you know i'm like okay we need to talk what are you eating? How are you sleeping? Are you turning your screens off before, like three hours before you go to bed? Because I believe, I truly believe that they have a chance to fix this, but they got to start now. They have to start now. And, and anybody who, who says I'm too young, I just, I argue with them because it's not true. You are never too young to look after your brain and you're never too young to start showing the symptoms, the, the precursors. So yeah, we have to, yeah. And it is, it's kind of scary that it is showing up earlier and earlier. Isn't it? Um, and I mean, the equivalent would be here in New Zealand where we are completely sports driven is the amount of, of uh, concussions that we uh -huh. see here in young people, the sports injuries that are taken just as a man, you just take it on the head. You were three minutes unconscious. That's part of growing up. Now have a beer. And you just think, oh, my God. And surprise, surprise, surprise. So, yeah, when they're yeah. a little bit older, uh, no, no <laughs> don't get me going there. But it is, yeah. it is slowly getting more out there that repeated concussions are yes. not good for you and that you yeah. should actually do something about it. But that is only in the last five years, maybe. Yeah, years, truly. If you're pushing it. 
Um, so yeah. this is, however, that is one little breakthrough that we are seeing here. But the link with the nutrition, the link with all the other things, I think that is far from known. That is that is known amongst amongst people like us who are who are interested in that. But then to know the link and to do something about it. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing I was doing post production on videos last night and I would have been on my screen up until 10:30 or so. So yeah, so much for for that. Um it is yeah. it takes practice and it yes. takes it takes mindfulness to actually yeah. remind yourself what yeah. you need to do and why yeah. why you need to do it why so good it is... question every time you make a decision and i do this consciously every time i'm trying to convince my husband to do it he thinks he's he's you know nothing can ever happen to him but i i everything i do i ask myself before i do it is this good for my brain because i do not want to end up where my mama did i do not want to end up dying without knowing even who my children are you know i don't want to die like that i don't want to live like that i don't want to be in a nursing home and be staring at the wall i do not want to die like that i don't want to spend my days like that so i ask myself every time i make a decision is this good for my brain now sometimes absolutely i make bad decisions i like the heck with it i'm going to go and have a you know i'm going to go and try this food you know that is probably fried in something i really don't i'm vegan so it's, that's pretty easy. I don't have any of the dairy or anything. But sometimes some of the stuff here is just fried in stuff. I probably don't even really want to know what it's fried in. <laughs> but <laughs> sometimes I just go ahead and do it. But I'm very conscious of that. And then the next day, I'll just drink a lot more water and I'll eat a lot more veggies or have a, another smoothie. You know, so it's but you have to just think about it every time. And and Dr. Daniel Amen, you, you may have be a familiar with him he's a very passionate brain health specialist and he does scans he's done something like 50,000 brain scans to to uh, monitor people's brain health and he's very that was actually he was the one who gave me that thing to ask that question and he's absolutely anti-alcohol he said it's the worst thing you can do for your brain and uh, he's he's the one that convinced me because I've never really had that much to drink. But now I'll have a glass of wine a couple of times a week. That's the most I ever do, thanks to him, because he's so he, it's been so clear from his brain, the brain scans he's done on all these clients and patients mm. that that is not a good thing. Mm. I've got a whole chapter in My Steps to Sobriety where I look at the impact of alcohol on various organ systems. And the brain obviously has got, I think, two or three yeah. chapters even from, from the acute intoxication to the long-term problems. And once upon a time, it was a very, very, very common thing. They called it the wet brain. And the wet brain is, is a mixture of, of destroying the brain with the toxin alcohol and the impact of malnutrition. That goes mm. along with the, uh, the abuse of alcohol, drinking too much. It's typically the thiamine, so the vitamin B group that uh, is mainly affected. But so many other things in our diet uh, are an issue. And I mean, let's let's face it. Once you've had two bottles of uh, your best red wine, uh, you don't give a tootle what you no. eat. Okay, yeah, uh, bring it on. Deep fried Mars bar, just two of them, straight in. And yeah. come on. So it is. It is what it is. Let's let's face yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah. therefore, your nutrition is shit when you're drinking and you're uh, you're. you're destroying your brain literally every right. single night, day, every single drink you take. Yeah. And it is what it is. People don't want to know when they are drinking. Um, no. that, that, <laughs> so, so we need to get the, the message out. The problem is right now here, you and me, we are preaching to the choir, aren't we? So yeah. it is yeah. hard to, to get the knowledge out there to people. So, so I, I, the one of the ways I'm doing that is I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself out there and I get attacked a lot, a lot by people saying, you know, dairy is good for you. Dairy industry, you know, the FDA says this, this is that. 
and, uh, and uh, I really get like hammered. Um, but you know, I put myself out there to people who don't want to hear it. And I'm, I'm very nice. And I'll say things like, you know, I'm trying to cut this out. Yeah. I'll, I'll be on this one, this one group for, for older women, for women over 60. And they keep going on about, you know, losing weight and, and going this high protein and stuff. And I just put a little, little thing in there about, you know, I found that I lost 42 pounds when I cut out the cheese and stuff. And, and, and then people will go, well, why? Blah, blah, blah. So preaching to the choir. Yeah. But if you get yourself out there just a little bit and, and, and I take lots of hits, but that's okay. Cause I know what I'm talking about and I'm very passionate about it and I don't want to die like my mom and I don't want anybody else to die like my mom did. So I'll take those hits. You can knock me. It's okay. I've got thick skin. I'm a writer. You got to have thick skin to be a writer. Yeah. So. <laughs> Unfortunately. But, but yeah. Yeah. You have to, but, but that's okay. And, and, and everybody who's listening to this, even if you just say one little thing to somebody who might not really be ready for it just yet, but maybe someday in four, four weeks, they might think, Oh, he said that, or mm. she said that maybe I can, mm. you know, maybe there was something to that, mm. you know, it might come up in another conversation. So, you know, you can take the hits now, but maybe you help somebody in the future. And that's all I'm, that's all I'm hoping for. I work on the same level because those people who really ought to listen to this podcast probably are not. And, yeah. and that's the, the problem with alcohol. 95% of people who do drink far too much and in a very dangerous way believe that they're doing absolutely nothing wrong. And that's, that's the hallmark of alcoholism. Of Any addiction. Exactly. Oh, true. Very true. We don't want to know. We surround ourselves with other people who drink a lot. Therefore, it doesn't become obvious that you're drinking a lot. So we are manipulating our, our environment. We get manipulated by the liquor industry big time. Oh. And it's, it's nuts. But what people don't realize is there's equally a very strong lobby group for the farmers out there who make their living with their milk with their cheese, with their mm -hmm. things. So no surprise that you're getting attacked when you suddenly say, oi, we don't want yeah. that. We in New Zealand, we, have, we are very strong in our dairy industry. And mm -hmm. I think that is part and parcel why we have got cardiovascular disease and all these problems here. We are actually very high up as far as these medical problems are concerned. And that is for certain uh, food related, diet related. Uh, there are some moves here to have different genetic breeds. So there's A1 milk, A2 milk. A2 milk being only a few herds here in New Zealand, but it's far, far less inflammatory than A1 milk. So there is so slowly getting a, an, a realization out there that food is significantly contributing to the problems we have. Having said that, again, this is this is something I see and a few educated people see, and we are the guys who are, who are buying the A2 milk. Uh, that is 1%, 2%, 3% of the population, mm. if, if we're lucky. So now the message needs to go out there. There's no doubt. And we, we too, and all of us healers, warriors, we can't give up. Because if we just keep no. it all to ourselves, then then nothing will happen and it will <laughs> you be know, that's so true it's just it's just, it's just perpetuates and then you feel yeah. guilty so so i'm, I'm going to share this i did a, a television program i told you that in our pre-conversation i did this television program and it was about alternative health and it was all kinds of information that was not very popular amongst people and boy we got it we boy, talk about getting hit. Um, and we were on network television. So it was 24 million households throughout Canada and the US and Europe. So we had quite a big viewership. But when you would talk about certain things, it was like really scary how people would um, attack. <laughs> but, but my husband at, at the time and I, we, were, we kept saying, but we know, we, we took that pill. We took that pill and we have to share it we can't keep it secret anymore and it was like an obsession and 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 i've never lost that i keep with the with i gotta share it because if i don't 
I will feel guilty and I will not be a happy, fulfilled person. So like you, you're here, you're doing this every, what kind of you working so early and working so late and spreading this information, but you get, you get a bug in your crawl. My, my mama used to say, you get a bug in your bonnet and, and you just have to keep going. <laughs> so true. So true. And it is, it is amazing whilst I know exactly what I have to do, I still, there are times when I don't do it. So wow. looking at uh, yesterday, just reflecting quietly, did I drink enough? Hell no. <laughs> what did I eat? Oh, well, let's not talk about that. And <laughs> okay, so yeah, I am. I'm really, really, really trying to walk the walk. Yet yeah. there will be times when you don't. And that's where a podcast like that is so important. And right now I'm incredibly humbled because talking to you, it just put the mirror in front of my face and think, yeah, really, really? Did you just do that <laughs> yesterday? Oh, come on. Pull your socks up. <laughs> so, and it's something we need to do, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? And, and it's so good when people can communicate this way, when we have these podcasts and, and programs and you know, videos on YouTube, and people can see what others are doing. Because we, we are humans. We need feedback. We need support. You know, we, we are not living or working in a vacuum. We have to, we, we're just built this way. We need each other and we need support. And it's really nice to think that we can be the, the solo warrior, but bottom line, we can't. No, 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 no. It is, there's only so much hammering you can, you can take. And there is no doubt there will be some nasty bullying happen in my near future. Some things will not be nice. When someone takes exception, he misunderstands one thing and just goes full broadside. And it will be hard. So therefore, just to have this preemptive talk to you that I might then think back on and say, okay, she got hammered. Uh, welcome to the club. It's it's uh, maybe a, a badge of honor that you have got <laughs> the, the scars between your shoulder blades. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it got so silly when I was on television. If I if I wore the same suit jackets, yeah. two shows in a row, people would complain about it. Like it got so silly because like. I would look at the emails and go, are you kidding me? We just revealed this and you're complaining about the same blue jacket? Excellent. I don't understand. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. But that seems to be really where Joe Public, public focuses on. And that is yeah. this, uh, the bizarre world. Just for the record, this is my lucky, my lucky sweatshirt, okay? You see that in probably half of my of my shows. Be lucky. Be lucky, guys, that you see my lucky shirt because my luck comes to you, okay? So if one of you complains, go go jump. Okay. So here you go. Uh, no, it is you have to do what makes you happy. But often enough, of course, it's the the big pizza that makes you happy, the instant gratification, yeah. the salt, the sugar, everything combined that gives you the high, because that's essentially yeah. what you're getting. You're getting high on, yes. your, on your food. And yes. that is the hard thing. So you can't just say, no, throw all that out. Yeah. Uh, no more pizza for you, because yeah. you need to really replace it with another yeah. high, but with yeah. a high that's hopefully a little bit healthier for you. And I mean, some people do get the runner's high. So that is yes. a bit known out there. So that's yeah. the extreme version of, of getting a positive benefit from uh, exercise. So right. here you are. Um, that is the positive version uh, of getting the benefit from exercise. So the endorphins that the body throws out in response to endurance races but right. you don't need to go 25 miles uh, in order to get that benefit it is no. actually little exercise uh, you know half an hour walking the dog 20 minutes a day that will add up isn't it absolutely and and the the good thing about it is 
after you do it, like a lot of people don't do anything. Mm. No, I mean nothing. They don't exercise at all. So if you can start by going five minutes or 10 minutes just for a walk, it's, it's a cumulative thing. And just kick yourself in the butt and go out there every day and do that. And pretty soon, it turns out that, gee, I missed that today. I really, I got to go. I really enjoy that, you know? And, and for me, I swim every day. I do calisthenics in the water because we, you know, we have a retreat center here. So we have this beautiful pool and I feel guilty when I don't use it. But I got to tell you, it's a little bit chilly here right now. So I have to really work on myself to jump in that pool. But I'm, if I don't do it, Stefan, I'm not happy. I don't feel good that night. So I just, you know, scream a little bit when I jump in and I move really fast for a couple of minutes and then I'm fine. Then my body adjusts and it's not like it's really cold, but it feels cold to me. So anyway, but that's the same. And it's the same with food because when, in my program, when I lead people through the program, what we start is just wherever you're at, whatever it is you do, we're going to take a little bit of the bad stuff away this week, but I have these great recipes for yummy cacao almond flour cake that will take away your wanting for sugar. You're not going to want that crappy sugar when you try this recipe that I'm giving you. That almond chocolate cake is to die for. And it has virtually no added, nothing. Like it's got bananas and stuff in it. So you got, so I give people something to replace it that is much healthier and tastes better and and then they start craving that well that's good because you can eat that all day long because cacao is is fully full of polyphenols and that's good for you so let's go that direction and then pretty soon you do start craving those good things Mm -hmm. it's people don't believe me but they when they when they get to that point they're like holy crap i really want I want broccoli this way. I want broccoli. I need broccoli. I got a hankering for broccoli. But it can happen. You know? Like I have no I have absolutely no desire, no desire for a grilled cheese sandwich. My husband makes them all the time. I can't get him to go vegan. Um, he makes them and and he just loves them. And I used to like them many years ago, but I just have no desire to have it now. I would much rather have a, a bowl of brown rice and all my veggies. But it's it's a it's a thing you can train yourself, just like you train yourself to eat bad or to not yeah. exercise. Yeah. You can train yourself to do the opposite. Oh, so true, so true. I I went on uh, such a journey, and we, my wife and I, chose to go full out we really had some allergy testing we could find exactly what our body actually didn't like and essentially it's a good german breakfast uh you have lovely (laughs) lovely bread lovely butter cheese eggs the sausage is the only thing that i can still have according to that but it is everything else that is on the table is actually very bad for me so uh, against my against my will we we actually said okay let's do it so here i was steak and salad for breakfast and then then uh, other things uh, just a plant based diet essentially and we did it for a few months and one day i said i will stuff it uh, we've treated our gut so well let's have a cheesecake and that cheesecake was absolutely disgusting. And yeah. because it was disgusting, it was it's so full of sugar. And yeah. it was amazing the, how my body had, had changed and realized what it really needed. And then when something else came along that it didn't really yeah. need. Uh, on the flip side, I have over the last half a year, it was quite stressful. So I've let my diet slip a bit. And I went back to to bad old habits, and my body says, "Yeah, that's absolutely fine. That cheesecake tastes really nice. Mm-hmm. That salt, <laughs> that sugar. Oh, bring it on!" And mm, so you need to work on it. This yeah. is this is a perishable skill of your body. You need to create the micro habits, which then become yeah. the habits, which then become your destiny. But if yeah. you don't work on that, you, yeah. your body and the little, the little 
gremlins in yeah. there. Yeah, you those, one on ooh. each shoulder. Mm, oh, yeah, please. And both of them are in, in, in stereo. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Eat that cheesecake. <laughs> and it's, yeah. You need to, you guys, yeah. you need to deal with these gremlins. Okay. Yeah, is, everybody does for whatever. Yeah. Because mm. mine, I, I, I'm, I'm mostly over them now, but um, I used to really like chips, potato chips. Yeah, yeah. I guess, you, do you call them crisps in yeah. New Zealand? No, chips, chips. Chips. Um, and I, I absolutely love French fries. I, they are like my, <laughs> they are my downfall. And last night when we went out for dinner, because we're yeah. trying to help some of the local restaurants, you know, yeah. by going out once in a while. It's not yeah. that I can eat a lot there, but my husband ordered the fried shrimp and French fries. And I just had to have one. I just had to have a French fry because I haven't had one. I can't remember the last time I had a French fry. And it's a good thing that they were close to the shrimp. Otherwise, I would have had more. But they were right beside the shrimp, so I didn't. But oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is my thing. Potato chips and French fries. That's my thing. But now I've learned how to make um, like an equivalent, kind of, sort of, with kale. Uh, so I love my kale chips, you know, okay. sea salt, and, and I rub the olive oil in, and then yeah. I bake them, and then they're pretty good. It's still not potato chips. I admit yeah. it. It's still not the same. It doesn't quite do the same thing, yeah. but I, yeah. And now I can eat just one French fry. Yeah. There was a time when I couldn't eat just one French fry. Now I can. <laughs> um, and again, let me come full circle, because we discussed initially the the food or food-like substances that you can buy out there. If you think a French fry, what can be so wrong about that? Well, to a certain degree, if you make them yourself, not necessarily because you're cutting up potatoes and you learn tricks how you turn that potato into a French fry and you don't even need to fry them. You can double yeah, bake, bake them and things like that. So this, this can be very healthy. Now, there are certain places out there which are often highlighted with uh, funny arches um, <laughs> or the, the equivalent places. If you were to go to those places and you go for a French fry, they taste absolutely yummy. Now, the reason that they are tasting yummy is that they have actually some potatoes in there, but they've also <laughs> got 17 other, literally 17 other substances 17. In yeah. that potato, in that chips that you're chips. eating there. And you yeah. think, what the hell? What, what am yeah. I eating here? And I think that yeah. is the reality. We are, we are hammering our body with so many socially engineered toxins, yes. it's yes. no longer funny. And that, yeah. I think, let's be clear about that. Um, French fry is not French fry. If you yeah. go to a restaurant, they know what they're doing. You're probably, yeah. okay. But if, if they are just buying it in, uh, already all prepared, frozen, yeah. with preservative yeah. on it, oh, for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah, all of those things. And you know that these big food companies have teams of scientists who are there just to create um, products, chemicals, and interactions that make you crave those foods. This isn't just by mistake. This isn't just by accident that you mm. get addicted to these things. This mm. is done purposely. Mm. So you're right. you're you keep right. that, yeah, keep that in mind when you're choosing. And again, there's that thing: choose is this good for my brain or not? Because one of those French fries will not pass my lips. Not not that kind, you know. Yeah, the the guy, the little guy in the corner that I know where he cuts up the potatoes and he fries them. I don't want to think about the oil so much because it probably would make me upset. <laughs> It's not going to kill me a couple of times. And I think that's, that's important for anybody going through any process. Mm. If you make a mistake, eh, you make a mistake. I'm going to do better next time. I'm mm. not going to beat myself up about this. To be mindfully accepting and to not judge yourself. Just so say, okay, I did this this time. I just won't do it next time. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Exactly right. Oh, dear. You were alluding to the program that you're doing and that you're offering. Can you tell me and the viewers a bit more if they feel a connection with you and they actually would like to continue working with you and get in touch with you? How can they go about it? 
Oh, sure. Um, through my website, there's a page there called 60 Days to a Better Brain. And basically, it's an eight-week group program. I'm just starting a new one in August. Um, and this is a beta version because I've so far, I've only worked with private people. But so many people are interested now, thank goodness, because mm -hmm. we, that means brains are getting better, yeah? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's it, uh, people, we get together once a week. We talk, we share stories. I give you all the materials that I have in the book over the course of the eight weeks. We support each other. We share recipes. I have a whole, oh, you can't believe the recipes I have that are so yummy and so easy and so inexpensive. Because when you eat a whole foods plant-based diet, the food is a lot less expensive because you're not buying cheese, you're not buying meat, you're not buying all those expensive things. You can have amazing food for little money. We, we just eat so well here, and I love cooking. I love cooking. Um, so anyway, we, we're, that's what we're doing together. And we're going to spend eight weeks together, and, and we're just going to have fun. We're going to support each other. We're going to pat each other on the back. We're going to just make it so that this lifestyle is fun and delicious and easy. And every week we're going to – because my, my, my book and everything I teach is body, mind, and spirit. So we have the body. We're looking after the physical part. We've got the mind. We're learning either maybe to play a musical instrument or something new, something new that your brain would never have dealt with before. We're going to learn new things. And then spirit, we talk about mindfulness, about compassion and about, you know, volunteerism, that sort of thing. All those things that make us humans, all of those things are in the package. And we're just going to have fun doing that together for eight weeks. And by then it takes that long. Yeah. For a, um, a habit to start becoming a lifestyle. So we're going to take that long together with support. And that's the cool thing. Once you are actually immersing yourself into a group where others are carrying you, where others are there for you and where they say, yes, oh, I had the same cravings last night, but listen, I did X and that's, that's beautiful. You are not yeah. alone. You're not yes. alone out there. And that's the, the key message there that, that I want to send out to all my viewers and listeners. You are not alone in your, in your frustration, in your sometimes dark thoughts, in your shame and guilt that you add that chip and that you add actually not one chip, but the, the extra large version of it. Okay. <laughs> so that's what we do. That makes you human. Yes. Just accept it for what it is. But yeah. that was yesterday. Okay. That was yesterday. That's, that's old news. Forget about it. Uh, maybe not forget about it. Park it. Park Say, it okay, it, move on, move on. Mm -hmm. Accept what it was. Don't forget what you've done because sometimes it's good to have reminders, but actually move on and say, okay, what can I do? And let's be clear about it. I've tried the kale chips. You can, you can chase me down the road with kale chips. I hate them. They are disgusting. I tried different ways of making them myself. I hate them. So you don't, you know, you don't need to, to love absolutely everything no. in a new no. lifestyle. No. But it is, no. it is a new lifestyle that has so many promises. It is yeah. a lifestyle that yeah. could very much revolutionize the way you think, the way you feel, the way you interact with others. You are practicing good habits. And that in its own right sounds boring or doesn't sound sexy. No, it's super sexy because you're actually going out there and you're developing the new you. Yeah. And the new you is then the catalyst for the even newer you that comes thereafter. So sometimes- And think of the people- Oh yeah, sorry. No, no, let, no please. And think- and think of the people that you're inspiring. So mm. for every person that we work with or that's in our group, they might have kids or grandkids or something. And they're seeing, wow, look how awesome grandma looks. She's got all this energy. Look how awesome that is. Maybe I should try that. You know, because there's so many things when you, when you show how great you feel or how, or, or if you've got more you know, you can be more fun because you, you've got more energy or you've got all these new things going on in your head and you're sharing them because it's exciting. Then you're inspiring other people to do that too. And then you're, then you're doing the work. Then you're the ambassador. Mm. 
are bliss and it is beautiful the ambassador the catalyst the change and and at one stage in in our life we want to leave a destiny we want to be remembered for the beautiful things we have done and it's unfortunately around about that time that also the risk of dementia increases so here you go uh, two birds with one stone by you changing your life you are doing both how great is that yeah yeah <laughs> so kate we're going to put a link to your to your website down there in the description of the youtube and of the podcast so that people can easily get access to you and i so hope that lots of people listen and that we plant the seed that hopefully grows and sometimes it takes a while to grow there is no doubt i loved the way you said that 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 little bit of information might not get lost but might just be parked and it might not be right right now for people but then something happens and that little bit of seed suddenly starts growing and that's a beautiful thing so uh, we both let's not let's not give up here let's mm-hmm. let's overcome the bullying the obstacles the the crap that people come up with as as excuses why you and I are weird and are <laughs> okay <laughs> so <laughs> you're quite right i mean it's it's these shoulders are getting rather slippery from things just falling <laughs> off <you know? laughs> so it it needs to be <laughs> yeah it does Kate, this was an absolute fantastic interview. Thank you so much for sharing your passion, for showing us the reality of using neuroplasticity in preventing your brain going down the wrong track to reverse, to a degree, some of the damage that we have done through a number of ways in our life. And even if there is damage that we can't reverse, we can teach an old brain new tricks. Mm-hmm. With yes. that's right. So work, work with that old brain. You might be surprised what comes out on the other end. Okay. That's right. Thank you. Thank you for a wonderful interview. This was a lot of fun, and I hope I hope your viewers and listeners get as much get a lot of it. Oh, no doubt. Kate, thank you very much. My heart goes out to you to Ecuador. Keep fighting that, that, that war. Keep fighting that, that, that beautiful, beautiful passion. Bring it out there. And you all, you viewers, listeners out there, my heart goes out to you too, because I know that you guys can create a new you. You can create a new life. And every day offers new opportunities. It's just a matter of you taking the choice and taking life to the fullest, loving it to the fullest and living it to the fullest. Look after yourself out there, guys. Bye. Bye.